0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: Now streaming on Paramount Plus.
0: you ready, Bob. Well, right.
1: Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie
2: of the year. You dig? What's Bob Marley, one love. Ready PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. round the fixtures of the new Premier League season is in the books and there's plenty to talk about. Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunez got off to the mark. Brendan Aronson lit it up for Leeds. Ten Hag's honeymoon period was quickly cut short at Old Trafford and three of the promoted sides picked up points. I'm breaking it all down with Michael LaHood and James Bench. And as an added bonus, we'll also get into the big stories of the Bundesliga and League. 1. The Get Weekend Recap begins right now everybody, welcome to Lasso. thank you so much for being part of the family, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso Of course Lasso support on Twitter, James Bench, how are you buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm good, I've just come back from a week <laughs> off, uh, so I'm
2: That's right, James, disappointed. How, was, how was Italy though?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. it's it fabulous, you know, great weather, good wine, good food, <laughs> We live, they live well out there I don't know how they managed to live to 100 though with all that pasta and red wine because they don't
2: work in the middle of the day it's (laughs) just like Spain it's insane but I'm very jealous as well and on Friday your Arsenal uh, got a good win we'll talk about that later in the show, Michael Lahoud. By the way, Michael Lahoud has to leave halfway through the show. So, Michael Lahoud, how are you, buddy? How's it going?
0: You know, I, I, I'm going to give you some health tips from the Italians. They don't have to watch Manchester United <laughs> play on their television sets. That's why they live longer. I'm uh, I'm going to try and keep it professional today, but uh, struggling. After watching that display. So let's just get into the show.
2: Well, I see your Manchester United and I raise your Stephen Gerrard Aston Villa Los <laughs> So we'll, we'll talk about that later on. But welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for being part of the family. As I mentioned, James Bench, Michael LaHood here. It's our first weekend recap of this new campaign. Uh, we're all very excited and we're going to get straight into it, everybody. So please, this is live. So please throw in your questions, but we're going to get into it. West Ham City, 2 nothing. Erlen Haaland. Everybody was like, after the community shield, ah, oh, what's going to happen? The Premier League might be too tough for Holland. The Holland, well, he answered with a brace. He answered with a shush the crowd, fixing his hair, the meditation. It was <laughs> all there. Fantastic debut, James Bench from Erlen Holland against West Ham. What'd you, what'd you make of it?
1: Yeah, turns out this guy's pretty good, and putting him <laughs> in a really good team is. It's pretty fair. I mean, what I thought was really interesting, though, is I think West Ham would feel like they did pretty much everything right, especially until that Haaland goal. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't have wanted City to have quite as much of the ball. But, you know, in terms of what they were doing without the ball, they had their low block was really well established. They were clearing any crosses that came their way, giving all sorts of fight. But then these sort of mistakes by a millimetre are just punished emphatically. And I, I would argue there was maybe only two big mistakes by uh by West Ham the first one Ben Johnson gets drawn up the pitch Harlan spins him like nobody um it's through on goal and you know what's happening then and then they, they get they step forward in the second half as they're chasing the game that high line though it's not perfect there's a slight you know whether you blame Zuma and you know Mike you'll know better than me whether it's anyone's fault or whether these things just happen mm. you know Zuma steps forward or Johnson steps back or whatever it was There's a, there's a a millimeter of daylight and we know what Haaland does there and how he punishes that high line. That's, you know, City very rarely, and is often not even enough to lose themselves a league, but they can let these moments go unpunished or they could in the past. I think with Haaland, it's a lot less likely. And by the way, if they've just got a guy that's going to put the penalties in the net, that's immediately Uh a bit of a game changer for City.
0: I want to know what yoga studio Holland goes into because I'm going to check in seeing him do that. Namaste. And he said, Namaste at the top of the Premier League goal scoring charts with his display today. I, watching him play. Now City have a focal point. Last season, Phil Foden was the false nine. Sometimes you see Kevin De Bruyne, typically in the midfield, shift up to the false nine in years past. And, and what that does, it, it brings order. And really, Kevin De Bruyne and now, you see him playing closer to Erling Holland, not having to drop so deep to collect the ball. Uh, a player that I thought was the unsung hero of today's match, Rodri. What he was able to do as the single anchor, sole anchor, allows Ilkay Gundogan, a player that I, just, you know him very well, LME. Two goals to win the Prem. We all know him. His arrival in the box, that first assist, just mm turning in that half space, looking over the shoulder and then inch perfect pass. I thought he cooked, overcooked it just a little bit, but when you have Erlen Haaland, you have, you have pace, not just a, a, a target striker. You have a guy who has long legs and the pace and the determination to get there first.
1: And we all worried, didn't we, that, that those got cause that's the Haaland goal, isn't it? The yeah. run across one center back and behind the other. And we sort of worried. We are like, well, they won't, he won't have the space he has in Germany. turns out he didn't need that space because my God, this guy is fast. You know, it was. Oh. It, this is a million, and he's got players like you said with with Gundogan. He's got players that can fire the ball into that tiny, tiny space. It, yeah, it well, might yeah. still work.
2: And also, when you get the added addition, you mentioned Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne. One of the yeah. things that we talked about last week was that partnership is going to be crucial. And my God, I mean, first of all, the ti- that second goal, the timing Gosh. of the run, the ball from De Bruyne, just like you said, James Minch, now that you put him in a really good team, this is just going to be devastating. Some stats for you, everybody. Obviously, it won't surprise you that Man City had the majority of possession, 76%, 14 shots, two on target. West Ham were waiting to counter, but there were points when Ederson was basically taking a nap. Uh, And it was just like, you know, quintessential Man City. And then, of course, oh, by the way, we only have Calvin Phillips to put on in the last few minutes of the game. We only have Julian Alvarez to take care of business. So this was a a very good victory. But most importantly, Erlen Haaland making a statement. Michael LaHood, let me ask you, you know, obviously it's not always going to be peachy for Mm -hmm. Erlen Haaland, but I mean, he more than made a statement today. I mean, you said that this is it. This is what Pep Guardiola needed at number nine, definitely in the Champions League. How high can you rate him going into this season? I mean, are we talking golden boot material? Are we talking somebody that finally can take care of business on Man City on all accounts?
0: I, I think you're, you're talking about a very high prospect for golden boot material, but it's, it's one game. And yes, he he looked really confident. He looked emphatic with his finishes, especially the second one. Dispatched the first penalty kick with confidence, and the second one just the the coolness and the collectedness you want to see in a world class striker. What I like about him, he brings a different dimension to Manchester City where they can now play on the counter. Erling Holland's speed, Premier League backlines have to respect it when they have a high line, and I think of teams like Liverpool who were exposed. This past weekend for playing a high line. I'd like to see him go up against Virgil, Virgil Van Dyke again. Van Dyke looking vulnerable 1v1 against Mitrovic. I think Kevin De Bruyne and Gundigan, Phil Foden, those three, Bernardo Silva, if he goes or stays, those type of players, your skilled players, are going to thrive even more in the assist column. Having a player who can stretch back lines, they have to honor that. And that creates a massive gap underneath for them to operate, as we saw in the De Bruyne assist.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, here's a fun thing for everybody here. uh, If you're watching, drop in your comments. But Erling Haaland making his debut in the Premier League. I think I know where most of you might go in this next question. But Mauricio, thank you so much for being part of the family. If he's taking pens, he's surely a favorite for Golden Boot. I agree. I agree. I think Mohamed Salah is still up there. But Erling Haaland, 100%. All right. Well, here's a question for everybody, including our two very fine gentlemen here. Erling Haaland, debut for the Premier League. Did you see anybody else, by the way, which players making their Premier League debut impressed or disappointed you the most? James Bench, uh, when you're thinking about the overall scope of the weekend, who impressed you? I think I know where you're going. Where are you going, son?
1: Um, Well, I'm going to surprise you first. I think we all know who I'm ending up with. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, Brendan Aronson, wonderful performance, mm. pure energy, pure leads, pure... Jesse Marsh Bielsa leads loved him great guy as well. And I respect anyone that's going to try and, um, Try and claim that goal when he he didn't he didn't get the last touch, to did he? But they should give him it because the centre back call. doesn't want it. I'm happy for him. If yeah, that. exactly. um, exactly. that's Harry Kane or anyone in the prem that's established, exactly. they get. Harry the well, Kane, uh, get yeah. different rules for the England captain and the US yeah. superstar. Exactly. Um, I'm obviously gonna we I'm gonna keep you waiting for what you know is coming. Then two players that I thought were 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 pretty poor. Mm. Uh, Diego Carlos I hate to say it LME. No he
2: was. So no. I'm, and I, I think the one thing it, I brother. said the
1: one thing I said <laughs> and I got roasted by Villa fans about calling him a veteran but my point was this guy needs to start fast. You know, and this is one game so we can't say he started slowly beyond those 90 minutes but it was it was poor and I think you know it's not great it, seeing someone like It Peter was Moore.
2: poor and he was nowhere near the worst one. That's, yeah. A that's great. Yeah, yeah.
1: And maybe you could say the same thing for for Lisandro Martinez as well yeah, and nice. look Danny Welbeck and when we talk about this game Brighton were phenomenal but uh, uh, you know not a great start for him obviously then the one center back that shone the brightest what a what a debut Gosh. and we have to caveat this with you know the last time i said such great things about an arsenal player on debut was Danny Sebias and he wasn't very good for arsenal but yeah. William Saliba that's... looks the real deal no, he's, he's strong the real deal. He's confident. No one, you know, at 21 years old should have the physique of this guy. Could be, could be a really top, top player. And and the joy for Arsenal is if he's not, you've got Gabriel and Ben White, which was a great partnership, but Saliba's absolutely starting against Leicester, no doubt.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. Michael, who do you have? I know that we've got a Darwin Nunez comment there. Don't worry. I was going to include him, uh, but Michael, who do you have?
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that Natalie, thank you so much, Natalie Cross, for mentioning Darwin Nunez because Liverpool were almost dead to rights. They had no business being in that game. Bobby Firmino looks in trouble with his starting position. It's a Darwin Nunez show. Is the Darwin Nunez. Union- in Nunez era.
2: Mitrovic and, turned into Johan well, I, 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 inter- I wanted to have <laughs> him. Mitrovic 2.0 is a debut. Yeah,
0: time, I, I <laughs> want to actually add him as a Premier League re-debut. Yeah, a return,
2: just, right. Just right.
0: Uh, the, the way he crossed up Virgil van Dyke for the penalty kick and then Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold dunked on him. Mitrovic yeah. should, could be an uh, NBA draft pick with how yeah. high he got up and <laughs> dunked on Trent, but Darwin Nunez, this guy, the, the finish... For the first goal that's so cheeky so clever mm. to go behind his back heel and flick that over the goalkeeper's shoulder that's class that's why you pay the big bucks a- and really his ability to just be in the right place at the right time so patient uh, just something that's different from Firmino and, and even having San Mane who had a great debut himself in the Bundesliga but when you play on the last defender's shoulder it's so difficult to defend because you can't see him in your blind spot and he, he's not making the same run twice. So he checks away. Sometimes he's standing flat and then he is willingness to accelerate. But on that goal that he scores, he waits till the last second and waits for Mohammed Salah to put his head down. And that is really the clue that the ball is going to be fizzed in behind the center back. And it's just the acceleration. He's a, gives finisher, him that right? he's a yeah. finisher. He's a finisher.
2: He's a natural finisher. It's something that I like to remind our young fans because our older fans They're used to knowing the evolution or devolution, you know, depending on where you're watching, of a striker. And something that's missing a lot of the time is Mm -hmm. just being a a finisher. Just get the job done. And that's Darwin Nunez. He does a lot more than that, but he's a classic finisher. By the way, and I'm going to say this every single episode when we talk about him, Liverpool Football Club Social Media Management. (laughs) (laughs) Nunez. Enya. Because when you don't put that little line above the end, you call him Nunes, and that's not his name. Please. Hey, by the way, Norwich City, by the way, whoever chilling called Marcelino Núñez, they do everything. The accent, the Enya, I love it. So, Liverpool, please. All right, James Bench, let's move on here. Uh, I want to go to James first, Mike. I oh. want you to – this is therapy session now, all right? But, uh, Bench, let, let, let me ask you first. Manchester United Brighton, you tweeted something. Um, but I no,
0: no, no.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's funny. One I'm laughing at my own jokes, yeah, yeah. No, that one was amazing. The, the what, well, the Alessandro Martinez one. No, uh, no, I was thinking more about you know, and I tweeted it as well later. There's there was so much talk about Manchester United, and clearly, so this is about Manchester United losing uh, Old Trafford, it's meant to be a new page, Ericton Hack, But Brighton Hove Island Football Club is such an example of what a great. You know, franchise you can be. You sell two key players in the summer, right, for a lot of money. One of them, literally, just like five minutes ago, and it doesn't matter. The system, the culture that Graham Potter and the club has created is amazing. I know that you feel the same about Brighton and, and, and how well they did in this game.
1: I mean, look at you know we talk about, it and it was everyone was shouting it from the rooftops throughout this game and on the the TV coverage, and rightly so, that they'd lost their their two best players, Eve Persuma and and Mark Kukurea. I mean, Kukurea will be a tough one to replace, but look
2: and at... And Ben White last the, season as well. Right? <laughs> yeah, season, but
1: yeah. who was the, the best player on the pitch the whole game, uh, with the possible exception of Danny Welbeck, which oh, is a wonderful story. A yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but Moise Caicedo, who's been in that <laughs> squad already, we've seen him perform. They've clearly been ready for the moment when Basuma would move. And Caicedo looks just as good. And yeah. that's, that's, that's how you run a club. And, you know... You, uh, because this team has been together, gestating together so long, and yes, you take out some key parts, but you're not, you know, you're not taking out the engine. You're not, you, you know, you may be losing the nice rims you had, but you've got the vehicle. It can do really interesting things. And you know that first half when I think Jamie Carragher on Sky Sports was describing it as, you know, a formation like the way that Ajax won the Champions League with a back three that is genuinely one centre back and two fullbacks.
0: Yeah. That's
1: all. That all comes about because this team of. Developed together, they know each other. They know what to, how to deal with pressure. They knew, you know, how quickly did they go to a back four and then a back five when the pressure came after Dallos goal. You know, this will sound like I'm trying to wind my cup, and to an extent, I am. <laughs> but the reality is, I don't think I don't think Manchester United should feel that surprised or disappointed by that result. And frankly, they lost to a team that are better than them at football at the moment. Yeah. Like. Yep you know they ha- they know what they're doing united in a few months time i'm sure will be better once ten Hard gets yeah. gets at them but you know th- they only look like a good football team when they resorted to cristiano ronaldo hero ball like there's so far to go <laughs> so
0: far i want to give i want to start positive and end in misery uh so i'm going to start with Bright- brighton brighton uh, i think you're completely correct james that brighton was by far leaps and bounds better than Manchester United today. And, and really, they weathered the early storm. You knew United was going to come out kicking and screaming and, and throwing a lot of energy, the crowd expecting that early goal. And when it didn't come, Brighton started letting the ball do the work. And, and Leandro Trossard, this guy, is a future star in the Belgian national team, already scoring some Nation League goals in some of the, the big wins for Belgium late on before the Premier League season starting. He was playing out of position at left wing back mind you. And this guy was still able to thread the needle on the Danny Welbeck assist mm. for the first goal. I'm going to take you back to the end of a season. Manchester United going to Brighton, losing 4-0, getting absolutely humiliated. Goal scorers on the day. Pascal Gross, who looks like he could be in the top five for Ballon d'Or with some of the goals he finished today because we made him look that good. Um, Trossard getting on the board. And Moises Caicedo. We didn't have an answer for him. Fred and Scott McTominay like I guess I'm going to be professional. <laughs> well, crap. I think
2: Roy Keane already said his. They were crap. Just no in for you now. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, Moises Caicedo, It's funny because he was the player that was not by United's board decided not to be scouted any further, and it was Brighton who ended up picking him up. Just an absolute talent. But there's a few things about the Manchester United performance today that was kind of shocking. Um, it's not the Ronaldo benching. Glazers were in attendance, fan protests, blah, blah, blah. Ten Hag was booed at halftime. It's just, you know, the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. That, to me, Ten ten Hag obviously was a a different outcome and a different way to approach it. But everything else, James Bench, tactically speaking, was exactly the same. It it was very weird to see, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean... I, I I completely agree. It, like And like you say, it's kind of therefore hard to know like what new things there are to say other than Scott McTominay was like lucky to be on the pitch. But frankly, yeah. I don't think United would have missed him. And that clearly, like, I think because of that Ronaldo introduction, it kind of made you think maybe this is how United players feel comfortable playing football is they don't, You know, and this isn't the right thing to do, and it's not what Ten Hag should do, but they have clearly developed into a squad that is not entirely receptive early on. And we we remember, we're one game into a 38-game season, but this looked like a team that's not receptive to principle yet, that that will, when the pressure is on, will fall back to hero ball, to trusting whether it's Fernandez or Ronaldo or, you know, in the past, Rashford and Sancho, trusting that someone will bail them out. You know, it was so easy, I thought, for Brighton to weather the storm, after after Dallo's goal, because United didn't quite know how to deal with their dominance. You know, there were some crosses into the box, there were some set pieces, but there's just this. Like we say, it's the same thing we say every time on every pod. There's just nothing built. There's no foundations to this team. It's a, you know, it's a castle built on. It's no start. longer
2: vibes as well. We used to say <laughs> at least no vibes were around. There's, there's no, <laughs> no vibes around. Mike, final point, buddy, on this game.
0: Yeah, I I, I just. Think uh ahead to the next game because when these players go in and watch the tape, they're gonna they're gonna literally want to wear sunglasses because it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be shocking. It's like looking straight into the sun, just gouge your eyeballs out. I, I wanna I think Christian Erickson, where he ends up landing once this united team gets settled in that's going to be peaking my interest i i think for him to be more of a deep line playmaker playing next to if you're going to play fred or McTominay, you can't play both against top 10 teams in the premier league because they will get found out you need someone who can connect front to back and back to front in transition i thought there was a bit more settledness having ronaldo in and having erickson bruno fernandez i wonder who that defensive midfielder is going to be because he can't have both and then on the flanks uh, marcus rashford still looks like he's he's having the trauma of last season affecting him it had the one goal that was lucky for him called offside but he should score that offside or no offside where the keeper comes off the line and makes a brilliant save and then the second one back post on his left foot hits it out of the stadium almost hitting the salford city flats um and <laughs> uh, still might be in the air traveling that way but he just looks so low in confidence. Jaden Sancho looking like he's he, he's getting bonuses for taking extra touches in the final third. Those two players are really frustrating on the day to day. I expect them to be better though next week.
2: Yeah, and like James said uh, earlier, there's no doubt that you know the, uh, the only way is up, right? And, and Eric Ten Hag yeah. is too good of a manager to to not change things, but things need to change fast and things need to be different. That's for damn sure. All right, there's Norris. The rest of the Premier League fixtures, by the way. Uh, up on the screen for you if you're watching on YouTube. This was the weekend. It all began, of course, uh, because it's not included here with Arsenal's fantastic victory against Crystal Palace. Liverpool 2-0 against Fulham. Uh, Bournemouth destroyed uh, Aston Villa. We'll talk about that in a second. Leeds United 1-2-1 right. against Wolves. Newcastle 2-0 against Forest. Tottenham, Antonio Conte's Tottenham, even though they went 1-0 down, reft it up. 4-1 against Southampton. Chelsea with a very boring one, nothing win against Everton. And yet yeah, today's results as well. Mike, I know that you have to go at the break. So yeah. I'm going to give you word here. If you want to just give me your final thoughts from the premier league weekend, anywhere that you want to go, we can talk, uh, your Americans, uh, United States of Leeds United. If you want, we yeah. can go anywhere you want. What do you want to go before you go? Buddy?
0: Um, I'm, I'm going to stay on the James Bend train and I'm this arsenal team really intrigues me. The display uh, before the, when we did the weekend preview, uh, I, you know the malice at the Palace uh, was in Arsenal's favor. They learned some of their lessons going to Sellhurst Park. And just the, the debutantes for Arsenal, Zinchenko, arguably man of the match performance alongside Saliba, gives more possession, gives more experience. But Gabriel Jesus, I can't wait to see this guy open his account, came close a couple times. I think he could be the missing link up top, but never thought I'd be behind the Arsenal train. It's it's a hell of a lot better than being in my depressive uh, mood. With so that's, <laughs> I that's tell you I one got.
2: thing. I tell you one thing. We're going to talk about it, James venture But it's not just Gabriel Jesus, but his partnership with Gabriel Martinelli is going to be mm.
0: very impressive yes.
2: indeed. Yeah. Uh, Mike LaHood, uh listen, you're going to catch a plane, right? Yeah, we're
0: going? going to Minnesota by uh, my, my in-laws, my wife's family. There she's from there. They're from there. They live there. And we're also going to the MLS all-star game. A player it's actually be my final thought. A player uh, that used to play for Zenit St. Petersburg, River Plate, a guy that I know you're familiar with. Sebastian Driussi. cannot wait to see this guy play against the Liga MX all-star. He won Copley Berta won the Russian Premier League Champions League player. Last time he played in the Champions League, scored a goal against the one Borussia Dortmund and Erling Holland. This guy, you will not. It will not be the last time you hear about him on the world football stage. He will be back on the grand stage, probably playing in Europe in years to come. But this guy's a talent. Cannot wait to go support him, watch him, and just enjoy domestic soccer.
2: I love it. I love it, man. We'll have a safe flight to you and your wife. Enjoy your trip. Enjoy the game, Michael Lahoud. Don't forget to follow him at Michael Lahoud, and of course, he's part of the QG family every single week. Mike, have a great one, buddy.
0: All right, thanks, guys. See you guys soon.
2: All right. See you later. By the way, I forgot to mention Leicester Brentford, uh, 2-0 in that one. We're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, uh, James Bench and yours truly, we'll talk about who impressed us the most. We'll pick a player, a team, or a manager who surprised us in a good way on opening weekend. We'll talk about the weekend losers as well. You know damn right where I'm going to go. Bundesliga, Chad Liga, and that should be it. the lasso, weekend Rica, Mike Lahood James Bench, LME. We'll be right back. The Chilling Everybody, James Bench, yours truly, Diego Lasso, Wicked Rica, very quickly, Paramount Plus. By the way, James Bench, Paramount Plus. How good is Paramount Plus, buddy? It's got it all, nice. doesn't
1: it? It is so good. We've just got it here in the UK, uh, and I am I'm devouring that that back catalogue of uh, classic <laughs> films. I wish I got the soccer streaming, but I don't.
2: Oh, I know, I know. I, I've literally because I was in uh, in London and in England uh, helping my cousin. Download Paramount Plus as well in the stream. And he said exactly the same thing. But guess what? You can see it right there. Paramount Plus is the only place to stream every minute of every city A match in the US. And you can quickly and easily sign up for your very own account right now with a free one-month trial by going to ParamountPlus.com forward slash Italy. Just click the Try It Free button and use promo code Italy for instant access to the best Italian club soccer available across all of your devices. Visit paramountplus.com forward slash Italy and start streaming today. All right, let's get back to it, uh, Ben. Weekend winners it is. uh, Pick a player, a team, or a manager who surprised you in a good way on opening weekend. Who impressed you the most, JB?
1: Oh, this is easy, this one. I mean, it's it's Fulham, and, and in particular... Mitro look you know I mean I we spoke about this before the season began and I was kind of saying you know trust in him he's a better player than he got credit for he's better player than that goal record last time when you know um he was in charge I can never remember fully when Scott Parker was not willing to kind of give him the opportunities that he did maybe earned in the championship but I didn't think it would go like this
2: (laughs) (laughs) definitely not against Liverpool (laughs) This guy was, it was, he's only 27 as well. Yeah, forgetting about that, so there's a limit.
1: He, I I remember speaking to him very early in his Fulham career, and he, you know, you kind of do forget how long that Fulham career has been and how long he's been around the Premier League because he was at Newcastle beforehand. But Mm. this guy with a great head on his shoulders who really does value this club, and I think, especially after some tough times at, at Newcastle, has really valued the opportunities that he's got at Fulham and the love he gets from Fulham fans. Yeah. I mean, obviously the goals, you know, are the, are the real talking point and, and what a leap over Trent Alexander Arnold in particular, the first, but actually I think one thing they highlighted on match of the day here. And that really struck me was um, the pressing of Fulham as a whole, but that includes Mitrovic. And I think that's something that we, you know, we maybe don't kind of think of with him. He's not always been the leanest of forwards. And I think that's really changed in, in recent years and he moves and he works and it was amazing to see, you know, Liverpool, you know, with the godfather of Gagan pressing, well, he's not the godfather as he always is, the archpriest of Gagan pressing and Jürgen Klopp get rattled by the pressure that Fulham were, were putting on them. And always the centre forward is so important to how a team presses. And look, in this instance, uh, Mitrovic really made it, made it work. And what a start from Fulham. Um, I've been very optimistic on them and... um I think they're going to reward that optimism. I thought they were fantastic. Really good.
2: Yep, yep. I have a very soft spot for Fulham. Uh, I worked at Craven Cottage. I went to uni very close there. It's, it's, it's such a great stadium. Uh, and to your point, they were fantastic in their debut. And if anything goes right for Marcus Silva's boys, uh, Mitrovic has to really be this good. And they're good enough to stay up if they can deliver. Now it's match day one, so there's a lot to come. My player... I'm going to pick Brendan Aronson. I know we briefly talked about him before, but we're very big fans of him over here. He was, uh, he's a friend of the show. He was on the show last year, just before he went off to Salzburg. And honestly, you know, he's the kind of player that Leeds United needs. He's the kind of player that Jesse Marsh needs and the kind of player that the Premier League needs. I remember he said a great quote when we were chatting and he said, I will outwork anybody. Like he is just an engine and you can tell. And you can tell that he is. And, and to your point, I think he deserves that call. Nobody wants an own goal. G- give it to Brendan Aronson. But how how, um, how excited, I guess, if you were a USMNT fan, James Bench, uh, were you for not just, uh, you know, Tyler Adams, of course, as well played uh, featuring Jesse Mosh, but Brendan Aronson. Just how good is this kid? I mean, rivaling to being, you know, probably more influential than Christian Pulisic, uh, you know, when, when the World Cup comes around.
1: Oh, I think because because you know he will see the pitch week in week out, and I think it was yeah. kind of quite obvious that even though Chelsea and we'll, we'll come on to talk about a uh, uh, trimming back their forward numbers, it's going to be hard for Christian Pulisic to get regular minutes. This this guy, Aronson looks like he's going to be along with Tyler Adams one of the real engines and uh, and a defining player in in how Leeds play. My only worry, if I'm a USMNT fan, is this guy might run himself into the ground. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care how hard he works. <laughs> Everyone's. And he
2: doesn't care. James, Bench. he wants to keep going. So that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. Absolutely. He will run
1: and run and run and run right the way to Qatar. If he
0: has to.
2: <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, let's talk about the weekend losers, by the way, we talked about the winners who needs to go back to the drawing board and, or the transfer market. You can pick a player team or a manager who fell short of expectations. Go ahead. James bench. Oh, it-
1: yeah, I, I I'm struggling a little bit with this one because it's.
2: No, I mean well, it's you obvious. You know where I'm going, so you can go. Yeah. we can say the same team if you want. But no, no, no. Somebody, I, a, I, I, somebody I think else at the end. Figure, it's,
1: it's quite obvious where Manchester United. Yeah, and I know we've, we've just spoken about them, so I won't won't belabor this point. But the, no, the but holes it's in it's this worth squad. Returning
2: to, that's where I was going to. Because okay, got, did they do enough in the transfer market this summer? I don't know. Of course
1: not. And I don't think we can't just sort of the whole issue with Manchester United is they've thought they can solve every single problem in this squad in the transfer market and mm. they can't. And there's cultural issues and there's identity issues that we've just talked about. Having said that, you know, you go from playing Christian Eriksen as your fault. I mean, he's not a false nine. As your, you know, central attacker, playmaker, and not playing a number nine because you don't have any because Martial's injured and God knows what's going to happen with Cristiano Ronaldo in the next few weeks. And then he goes to play as your, you sit, your six. I can't I hate calling them sixes, but your, you know, your deep line playmaker, your Andrea yeah. Pirlo. I love the idea of Christian Eriksen playing there. I love that. I think that's great fun. But it clearly has to be like something you work on in training, not something that you're like, gosh, well, we have to do something here.
2: Um, especially with ten hagen charge, and this the system you know, is completely different these
1: are the, this is the spine of your team we're talking about this isn't like accoutrements this is who gets the who gets the ball from your seven center backs that you have on your roster who gets it and moves it up the pitch and then it's who puts the ball in the net and help and leads your press and does all those things you mm. know don't have a player in either of those positions and you know this is sort setting ten Hag up for a fall and you see with the protest you see with fans fighting you know this is not this is a a real real problem and i think even though everyone has put them at sixth in their predicted tables and all that i think we might have overrated this manchester united team and i i look along that squad and then i compare it to like the brighton starting 11 palace there's so many teams we could have mentioned that have surprised us from the, the premier league middleweight and i think Are United nearer to them than they are to the the four or five teams that will be competing for Champions League football? It's one game in. We're talking early on, but I think they are.
2: Yeah, well, like you said, it's one game in. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, which leads me to my point about my pick, and I have to go with Aston Villa. I'm sorry, but it was uh, one of the worst performances once again, and it's a little bit shocking, really, because I was very optimistic during the summer. The squad is there it's been revved up with the likes of Puba Kamara, who's, you know, the future starter in the midfield of the French national team. We mentioned Diego Carlos, of course, but it's not just about him. You know, uh, Jacob Ramsey is meant to elevate to the next level. Felipe Coutinho, Emiliano Wendia, Oli Watkins rivaling with Danny Ings up front and Cam Archer, of course. And it was a dreadful performance. It was uh, lethargic. It was rudimentary. It was uh, unimaginative in so many more ways than one. you got to give credit to Bournemouth. They returned to the Premier League. Scott Parker has them pretty well organized, especially off the ball. Vitality Stadium, when it's packed, can be a little bit of a fortress uh, if you go there. But still, I saw very little. But I'm living with the hope that it's very early in the season and things will change. The problem is, is that some of the tactical things that I'm seeing Stephen Gerrard do, and he's done it, before, mm. alarms me a little bit. And I want him to make sure that he knows that. Like, emiliano are not starting a game is beyond ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous. And I know that he's very close with Felipe Coutinho, but when we played Manchester City in the last game of the season, we have Coutinho on one side, Wendia on the other one, and we were very good, actually. And then Coutinho got topped off for Nakamba, and yeah. then the rest is history. My point is, just like we say about... Thomas Tuchel, Jimmy Conrad always says Tuchel doesn't know his best eleven. Gerard has no idea about his best mm. eleven. And that's a problem. That's a problem for but, Villa right now. But I, I'm not sure that. I mean, I,
1: I would be inclined to give Gerard the benefit of the doubt here and mm-hmm. and ask. And this a lot of this happens above him. You know, has the squad been built in a way to where the the, the best eleven is kind of apparent? And you know that that you know you see this is something that's really obvious when you watch. Um, all or nothing. And I don't want to talk too much about
2: because we <laughs> could talk for hours. Uh, documentary, but, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> but
1: you see the Arsenal squad and it's yeah. taken them a very long time to get there. And we could have had this critique of them for a long time. Mm. And it's laid out. It's in positions. It's who fits where. Mm. I don't know necessarily that Villa have built the squad in that, in that way. And it
2: might be too many cooks in the kitchen right now, mm. James Banks. That's the I issue so. because the thing is, and specifically in the midfield, first of all, we got a, Uh, A not-so-happy Tyrone Minx, that's already an issue, right? Now, we want competition, but the fact that he was, uh, you know, the captaincy was taken away from him, that's already an issue. So now you've got him fighting for even to start, let alone not just be a captain. And then the midfield, there's a lot going on there because you have Douglas Luiz, you have Jacob Ramsey, John McGinn, the new captain. And then what do you do? Do you double pivot with Douglas Luiz and Kamara and let McGinn up top? But then what do you do with Emiliano Wendy and Felipe Coutinho? And I haven't even talked about Nakamba, Morgan Sanson can't even get in the on the bench, let alone in the starting 11. So there might be a, too many cooks in the kitchen. So Jared has to figure this out sooner rather than later. Now, I will stress this. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's plenty of time to get this together. And we are historically awful on match day one. Okay, but like I said before, I'm a little bit worried, James Bench, and you bring a good point. Sometimes the 11 speaks for itself. I don't think Jared right now sees that painting. And that's a little worrying because you've had all summer to do that. So but we'll we'll have to see uh, what happens there. All right. Listen, uh, let's move on here. That's a lot of Premier League chatter. And thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Kegolaso pod at James Bench at elementary. We can recap returns. Let's talk some Bundesliga, by the way. Bayern Munich took care of business, 6 1 against uh, the Europa League champions. Yeah. <laughs> Eintracht Frankfurt, by the way. Not just some slouch. Dortmund won 1 nothing against Leverkusen. Stuttgart 1 0 against Leipzig. Uh, well, actually, first of all, the first question I have for you this is Bayern Munich's uh, title to lose, correct? Oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes. Yes, I'm just looking at the sort of figures now. Like you say, this is the but, but this is the Europa League champions, a team that's beaten West Ham, that's beaten Barcelona, and not but yeah, Barcelona.
2: That's right. Not this Barcelona. Isn't, <laughs> this isn't
1: some freak. You know, they went to uh the Deutsche Bank Park, which I've been to before. It's an intimidating stadium with a tough atmosphere. They go there and they have 63% possession, 23 shots Four expected goals and obviously six in total. Mm. This is swaggering dominance. And I I mean, you know, this is, I think their their view is clearly like, you know, they'll do what they always do. They'll try and wrap up this title early. I guess the other thing I would point out though, that's interesting to see Dortmund keeping a clean sheet. Like I think everyone thought the defence was a little bit of a weak point last season. And obviously they've brought in Zula, uh, Schlotterbeck, um, the Turkish guy, is it Ozcan to sit in front? Now that's a great start for them, and I think you know they're going to have. I guess they Leverkusen
2: as well,
1: yeah. Yeah, good, good Leverkusen team, and they're going to have issues replacing the uh, the goals of Haaland. Although I think we now hear that um, Anthony Modest is coming in because they've got to replace the goals of Allaire as well, yeah. and and Adiyami. But I think maybe if if Dortmund keeping it tight against a good opponent, that's a great start to the season for them as well. But like, I don't know. You know, Bayern I don't see Bayern good, slipping.
2: Man. I mean, Lewandowski leaves, it doesn't matter. Sadio Mane comes in. We saw that great video of him jumping up with the fans. I mean, look at that. And that's what's most impressive about Bayern Munich. It's different goal scores. I mean, Jamal Musiala is an absolute player as well. This is a very good Bayern Munich under a very good manager. It's going to take a lot for somebody to dethrone them. By the way, um, a little bit of a latest here, James Bench, regarding Timo Werner. Possibly, uh, I think it's done, right? Returning back to Leipzig. Mm-hmm
1: very close um sounds like chelsea will he will be leaving on a permanent but chelsea will not be receiving much if anything for a player they spent 50 million pounds on i think there's still a real talent there i think one of the things i remember hearing this from kai havertz but the same rings true for for these guys came to the premier league at the toughest time to do anything in your life you know right in the middle of a covid covid pandemic moving countries um Werner worked himself to the ground it just for whatever reason. It just didn't quite click. And I think he's hes obviously, or it looks like he's a player that needs to feel the confidence, feel the love. He did always get the love from Chelsea fans, it has to be said. But mm. maybe it's just that that confidence. And, and if he'd ever had a moment where four or five goals went in in two or three games, and I know that's a lot to ask of any Premier League striker, but if something like that had come along for Werner, I think we could have seen a really different player. Um, and I think it may well come, you know, much like Lukaku, much like Havertz for a long time, this, t- this 11 was never built for Werner's strengths. You know, he will be, he will do great work. I'm sure at, at Leipzig where they'll probably pa- pair him with uh use target man. He runs in behind, never yeah. saw that, you know, they had a target man, but it was Lukaku and he didn't like playing that way. Mm. You know, Werner is clearly a, a player you play in a front two, um, Maybe Does this like-
2: significantly improve Leipzig's chances of uh, competing against uh, Bayern and, and Borussia Dortmund? Because, you know, Werner, he knows the league, he knows the team. I mean, it's got to help, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you've got weapons now. So, haven't you? I mean, the difference mm-hmm. between when he left when, and that season after he left, they were kind of just like, God, you know, do we, you know, we score gonna- <laughs> goals? he so wasn't that that was the yeah. year that Angelino was their, their top right. scorer. I mean, now it's. Nkunku, he, he, when Werner comes back, he won't be the main man, will he? This is Christopher Nkunku's team. And I'm intrigued to see how he kind of fits with that.
2: But, you know... But the competition is- can only be healthy enough yeah. for Leipzig to do something, that's right. Um, all right, well, what does... Very quickly on Chelsea, though. Lukaku, gone. Werner, gone. I know that Kai Havertz will lead that way. I know that Raheem Sterling, Thomas Duhol will play around with that. But surely they're going to have to bring something in. I mean, it's, you know, the, the target men for Chelsea, and I know that it's a little bit different when you're talking about two hill system, but the target men for Chelsea are, are few and far between you expect a little bit of business now that uh, Werner is on his way to Leipzig.
1: Yeah. I was told uh, a few days ago um, that they, they were, they in Barcelona had initiated talks There's a lot of confusion where this comes from um, about Bamiyang. Mm-hmm. but that, the. the that the two clubs had really initiated those talks. Bamiang, I, I think is pretty agnostic. You know, yeah. if they can reach a deal, he'll, he'll hear Chelsea out and obviously great relations with Thomas Tuchel. Um, and an obvious fit, whether it's a three, four, three or a four, three, three, I can see how he would fit into that Chelsea team. Um, that is one to keep an eye on. Obviously, they're spending a lot of money, uh, but it's de- a deal I would expect Barcelona are quite keen to do to to tidy up that wage bill. No, I'm sure they're extent. quite keen to do <laughs> but, that. I mean, it's, fair, it's fair to say that he's actually, you know, and this is he took a pay cut not just for the last season but this as well to facilitate yeah. that move to Barcelona. They haven't spoken <laughs> to they haven't spoken to him about what will happen with his salary next year. <laughs> but you know, he's a, he's he's not stupid. He know he's seen yeah. what happened with De Jong. He's, he's seen what happened with Busquets and PK and yeah.
2: If and I were you, P. Eight, get that Todd Bowley money, baby, and yep. just go to Chelsea because you know, we're, you know, especially now that Lewandowski, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But all right, I want to turn out that Aubameyang, maybe to Chelsea. That should be interesting. And by the way, just to wrap up the Bundesliga chatter, uh, the battle for the USMNT number nine spot, uh, P. forward slash sibachu uh, because he's changed it back. Uh, off to a perfect start at Union Berlin. He scored in the Berlin Derby and Ricardo peppi came on for the last 15 minutes of a 4-0 defeat. Uh, by the way, our guys at in Soccer We Trust there with Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, Charlie davis they, They're going to get into the discussion further on tomorrow's live show at 1pm Eastern, so make sure you check that out. All right, Liga, very quickly, Jonathan Johnson could talk about this for hours, James Bench. We're not going to. No, we're just going to talk about Lionel Messi's bicycle kick, which by the way, was the first ever, I think, a first ever bicycle kick for Lionel Messi. Do you believe that?
1: No, I actually, (laughs) as in, like, I literally do not believe that. I suspect someone has missed something somewhere. along. I'm not
2: sure. I mean, I have read that statistically on Twitter, which is obviously the fountain of knowledge for Mm. everybody. But I I do feel that that's true because I don't ever recall him ever doing a bicycle. (laughs) maybe it
1: could be. And look, there is this great debate, is there not, as to what is this? Is this a bicycle kick? Because <laughs> no, his right. arms are on the ground. Oh, the chest is and it the that side
2: volley? Right, right. right. I, uh... What do you think?
1: I think it's a bicycle kick. Yeah. I think all course. this is. And then we have. Just because he's three on.
2: foot one doesn't mean that he can't do a bicycle <laughs> kick. Right? I saw this bizarre meme that was like in
1: response to the messy overhead kick or whatever we want to call it bicycle kick. Someone had like said, and he's 170 centimeters tall. Cristiano Ronaldo was two meters five in the air here's atletico madrid bicycle i was like how are you lot still fighting (laughs) how are you still going (laughs) out over things like this why is this still a battle? what's that about (laughs) like he can jump higher than messi he's a professional athlete um but anyway i thought so when i first saw the clip obviously as i said i was on holiday so I, i came to it a little late and people said oh messi oh my god i thought it was the clipped pass over the top by Paredes, which I think is the better of the beauty. two things. Yeah, that
2: was a beauty. But to be fair, and I, no disrespect, but Clermont are pretty average, and yeah. that was a pretty average allowance of a goal. In the end, PSG won five nothing. Um, and by the way, oh, and Desnarres wanted to add in the in the notes. By the way, does having your arms on the ground count as a bicycle kick? Yes. Because he's yeah, still kicking
1: the you're ball you He's still
2: at he... doing it. It's a rotational pull uh. of the boot. But yeah, absolutely. Neymar, by the way, as well. He he had a good time. So 5 nothing. Galtier's men obviously do their thing. Lille win 4 1 against Auxerre. A brace and an assist for Jonathan David, by the way. Uh, a man that I'm still surprised is still there, actually. I'm I very wonder, surprised. Would you see him leaving sure... before the end of the window? Well, I'm. <sighs> Everyone He's a very has a good player, and I really thought he was gonna go on his way. And for like major clubs, I thought were gonna be interested in this. I,
1: they still might be. It wouldn't shock yeah. me. I mean, you hear that United, who have Eric Ten Hag really likes Jonathan David, has has kind of followed him a lot. Like, there's an option there. We're talking about mm. Chelsea. I think all these clubs have looked at him, and clearly none of them have had him at the very, very top of their list. Mm. But you know, right now your Nunezes, your Haalands, they're gone and if you feel like you need a striker, he's not going to be crazy expensive. He is available. He wants. You can to move do to a
2: lot worse than the Canadian striker. He's it's excellent. Worth, it's
1: worth having a look. So yeah, this will only help his help his cause.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. Leon, by the way, went two one against Ajaccio. I don't know if it's Ajaccio, Ajaccio. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I would love to know. <laughs> oh, to lose? No idea. Yeah, I'm not asking you. I'm asking anybody. I wish JJ was around to lose uh, 1-0 against Nice. Aaron Ramsey, by the way, James Bench. He equalized on his debut. What do you think about that?
1: I want the new Aaron Ramsey. I've heard he's really good. I'll have him.
2: <laughs> or maybe Jacob Ramsey's brother. Both. Our Aaron Ramsey. Exactly. All right. Well, that was it, everybody. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Our Weekend Recap returns. So we got plenty more content to come. James Bench, anything to plug before we say goodbye? Final thoughts, buddy? I
1: actually have nothing to plug because I've only just come back from holiday. So I don't really know what's going on. <laughs>
2: Well, as long as you had a good time, that is all that matters. James Bench, make sure to follow his content on CBS Sports, CBS Sports website, of course, HQ, and much, much more, especially... Of course, as a key member of Que By the way, thank you so much for listening to Keigolasso. Take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your pods. We're also available as video. As you know, if you're watching this, subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit YouTube. James Bench, LME, Que Have a great, great rest of your Sunday. We will see you next time. Until then, bye-bye.